Hello ladies and gents, I'm your host Ijaz Khan and welcome to the Unicorn Scout podcast where we shine the spotlight on the most exciting projects from Europe's early stage tech ecosystem, pick the brains of the entrepreneurs building them and the investors backing them to provide you with some inspiration, powerful advice and actionable insights. In this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Leke Shulade, the founder and CEO of Black Valley. Black Valley is an initiative aiming to address the lack of diversity in tech by increasing the black tech pipeline and incubating black-led startups. Since launching in 2020, Black Valley has helped accelerate the career of thousands of people, built a community of experienced mentors and onboarded big names such as AWS, Founders Factory, Goldman Sachs and Webflow on their mission to level the playing field. We covered a lot of topics in this one, from the murder of George Floyd and the core issues behind the lack of black representation in tech, to Leke's motivations for starting Black Valley, the various programs they run and future plans. So that's enough for me and without further ado, let's jump straight in. Thank you for joining us today, Leke. Thank you for having me. Perfect. Before we jump uh, into um, finding out more about what you're doing at Black Valley, um, tell us a little bit more about your career before you um, started this initiative. Yeah, sure. Um, so background wise, I used to work for a charity sector um, in sales section. So the organization I used to work for ran mentoring program, um, interesting enough, which would make sense when I explain about what we do uh, at Black Valley. And the other idea of that mentoring program was to bring young people together from different backgrounds and was around this idea of social integration. So the idea that there's this invisible barriers um, that stops us uh, understanding each other better. So if you bring people from different barriers uh, together, uh, you're likely to break those inv- inv- invisible barriers and we get young people to understand each other better um, by this intensive men- mentoring program and they make better citizens and they, they become more, I guess, valuable members of the society really. Um, I worked for the organization for four years um, across their sales um, function. Um, so starting at the early stage, you know, sales um, role where I recruit young people um, to go on the program and then uh, develop into like a sales team leader and then like a sales um, manager. I then transitioned into working within the tech sector um, for through a education technology company. And that interest in me was more around my experience working with schools within the uh, UK um, system. Um, so I worked for them for two years as a business um, development manager and then started um, Black Valley just straight up for them. Okay, cool. Um, what is uh, Black Valley for the people who um, don't know? Yeah, uh, to simply put, um, it's a play on word on Silicon Valley. So Black Valley essentially creates an ecosystem that allows Black talent um, to thrive. Either that is to enter careers within the tech, tech industry or to launch their own tech-based um, startups. I guess our whole idea around that, the more representation of Black talent there is within the tech ecosystem, the better in terms of representation of what the product being produced is. As the world becomes more digitalized, um, it's important for black people to be well represented across the industry. So things being produced is not biased um, towards us. Okay, excellent. And you know, you mentioned that you worked in the um, the, the charity space um, and then you worked in the ed tech uh, space as well. Um, throughout your career and also your uh, educational background, what was it that... Um, gave you the motivation to start Black Black Valley? Good question. For me, similar to most people, um, the unfolding events around May 2020, specifically around the murder of George Floyd and the movement as a result of that, the frustration within the Black community, 
I guess, was the boiling point um, to the creating um, Black Valley, really. Um, for me and the people around me, it felt like we've been there before. When I say there before, I mean something like that will happen and there'll be a lot of media cry, uh, media attention around the issue. Um, and frustratingly, it felt like that was we're seeing that again. Um, you know, there was a lot of media attention, uh, organization made statement. Um, I guess I wanted to create something that didn't die down after after the IPAs died down, something that really do um, move the black community forward um, as, a, as a community and something that addressed what I feel like the issue was. So for me, the issue was this bias around blackness and the stereotype around black people. And I feel like technology is a good way to address that issue, right? Um, based on what I mentioned earlier, which is this idea that as the world become more digitalized, we need to make sure there's black representation. So things being produced, it's not biased towards us. And the best way to do that is to just by creating this ecosystem that supports black talent within the industry. Okay, excellent. Tell me when, how, how did you feel at the time when, when um, the uh, events were unfolding uh, with the George Floyd situation? I think like most people, like just frustration, um, especially like as a black person myself, feeling of to an extent maybe anger as well um the fact that we're still here as a society um where the issue of today is similar to you know things that were dealt with in the 60s where the color of your skins uh, maybe determine how you interact or or your experience of the or your lived experience of the world um you know those videos were quite upsetting um as, as you could imagine um you know seeing someone that looks like you that could be your uh, a family member um, being treated unfairly um, by someone that should be looking after them or a justice system um, that should be protecting them. So I think, yeah, the, the main feeling was around anger, frustration, probably to an extent as well. Um, and I actually kind of dig myself out of this like helplessness in a way in terms of, okay, actually, what can we do differently? We've been here before and nothing gets done. And that was like the drive really, okay, I'm not going to let this feeling just die down. I'm, just, I'm not going to let this feeling just be that really a feeling. How can I turn feeling into action? And I think the one thing that really pushed me towards really doing something this time around is like, I felt like we were, it did feel a little bit different this time around in terms of like, you know, everyone was involved with the conversation. Um, it wasn't just America, UK, and uh, wherever there's the uh, the black diaspora across the world, really. And one thing that I wanted to, to be able to say, I guess, selfishly to myself, like if I have kids, um, you know, later on in life, and my kids ask me, you know, um, you know, in 2020, this thing happened. Uh, what did you do uh, during that period of time? I wanted to selfishly say, well, I did this thing and I wasn't sure how successful Black Valley was going to be or whether it's going to be successful. But at least I could selfishly know out of my conscience that I did try to do something um, to move the conversation forward. And I could do something that I could say, well, this is what I did and to kind of address the issue really. Um, so that was kind of the driver and motivation around it. What were, like, what were the early stages of setting things up? Yeah, that's a really good question. I, I guess, you know, um, the first thing was like, there was a drive on the idea and the climate was really good. So, um, you know, it was at the top of everyone's tongue, really, when it comes to like, how can we make um, inclusive environment um, for, for, for Black community? Um, for me, the idea started in June 2020. Um, I spoke to a few friends within the industry. And interestingly, um, it was actually an Instagram live that gave birth to me think, committing to the idea. So a friend of mine, um, as they, well, as a startup, as she stays to running it, um, where a design company uh, where he teaches designers uh, across the world um, how to um, um, learn about UX, UI um, and designing. And he had quite a big following on Instagram. So initially, we actually, actually had a different idea. As you know, uh, when you're a startup founder, you have many ideas, right? Sometimes, 100%, yeah. 
Uh, so one of the ideas I was thinking about working on at that point was I'm quite interested in fashion. And I was finding myself in the space of tech where I'm starting to know one or two founders. So people starting their own company. And I had this image of um, Steve Jobs, you know, your typical tech startup founder, you know, and how important were the images and like how that could impact their business and how people see them. So my initial idea, again, if this, I might still go back to this, hopefully no one sees this uh, watching, uh, listening to the um, podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but my initial idea is to work with founders and they'll create an image for them. Um, so we'll have a discussion. I'll create based on who you are, your personality type. Um, out of them using my, I did a psychology degree as well. My psychology background will come up with a, a look for you. So we've done a couple of outfits that you should be your go-to outfit that you should wear. And that'll be the same way you would brand your um, company is the way, same way you brand your, yourself. And I will help you brand you as a brand when it comes to styling you. So that was my initial idea. So the conversation with this friend of mine was to do a live styling uh, on Instagram live um, to his following. I think yeah, at this point, he had about 80,000 Instagram followers. So this was going to be me doing that live stream and hopefully get some um, referrals in terms of like um, 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 people using or meet, um, reaching out to me uh, for me to start them as founders as well. And as well as that, he was aware that I was thinking about the, at, this, at this stage, Black Valley was just an idea, something that I was really frustrated in and something I was thinking about. And we were going to speak about Black Valley. Um, just briefly, um, touch on, you know, this was in the heat of the moment. And when it comes to like the George Floyd movement and everything happened around that. So we're just going to talk briefly on, upon that issue and like what I'm thinking about doing that really. Um, so on the live, we did the Instagram styling thing. Um, people were quite fairly receptive to it. Uh, but you know, the last five, 10 minutes of it, we spoke about the issue and, you know, in terms of like what's going on around the world. And, you know, me as a black person was looking to do around it. And, you know, this idea of creating a black valley um, by, you know, supporting black talent to get into tech to mentoring. And interesting enough, you know, quite a lot, you know, back then, everyone was on Instagram Live back in um, in 2020, if you recall, because Definitely, we're yeah. doing the pandemic as well. So uh, a lot of people were, yeah, commenting straight out. Oh, that sounds like a great idea. You know, you should definitely do it. So I think at this point, it felt like I've made a commitment. Um, you know, when you pull an idea forward, it, it gets better, really, um, away from, um, yeah, just something that you were thinking about. So at this stage, I felt like I've spoken to 80,000 people now, said, you know, I'm doing this and then I had no choice but to commit to it and really. And um, the next step was then to really simplify the process as soon as possible. And uh, luckily, I had that friend of mine that ran the UX UI company uh, who, um, who kind of like guided me because he was very experienced about creating a community. Um, you know, he's, he's growing a community. He had like a, um, at least, I think at that point, 2,000, 3,000 people on Slack as a community and an Instagram following of 80,000. So it was quite experienced. And he kind of just suggested, okay, the next step, it will be more happy to um, be one of our first mentor. Um, and then he, he suggested that you, you know, create a Slack community and grow a community slowly um, that way. And that's what I did really. So the first step was that really um, one, getting the first mentor on board, which was him, um, and then creating the Slack community. So which was me, him, and a couple of other friends that are working within the technical system as mentors. Um, now we have a few mentors, right? So handful of mentors. The next step was we needed to get... Um, amazing black talent on board, you know, to come on this program um, by myself, you know, I, um, and then I guess that was was probably the other part, you know, in, in convincing other people that this is a great idea and they should sign up um, for the program. Um, and I'll probably go into that in a bit more detail later on, um, I'm aware, um, but essentially then we then reach out to people using social media um, to sign up for the program. Okay, cool. So um, in terms of onboarding um, the mentors, to begin with, obviously you mentioned there was yourself and a few friends. Um, the community that you of mentors that you have now, um, have they come 
through referrals, uh, cold outreach, people just reaching out to you after hearing uh, and stuff, or is it still through uh, through the network effect? Yeah, I would say largely through the network effect. We've never actually had to reach out um, for mentors, uh, well, specifically to come and join our community. Maybe we, we make a call out if we need a specific, um, because it's a, it's a bespoke mentoring program, if we need a specific skill set that we're, we're reaching out for. Um, so through the network effect, I think up to date, we've had maybe about 480 application of people um, interested to become mentors with us. And we've actively onboarded um, plus 280 mentors, again, which um, is in a in quite short amount of time that are quite, are, are quite engaged um, with, with our community. Um, one thing that I actively do around that, looking at, uh, thinking about it now, uh, was an accidental strategy. So every time we um, we we onboard the mentor, so for me, our onboarding process is still the same today, really, which is um, before you become, you fill an application form, then I will have a conversation with you about, you know, your experience, um, your why, I guess, to, to make sure you're aligned with our mission, really, and um, tend to be like a 15 minutes um, conversation. Um, based on that, then we would do like a, um, a LinkedIn um, profile of the mentor saying, you know, hey, you know, this person just joined um, Black Valley as a mentor. I think that was actually really powerful because what then happened is because the, the issue was so like prominent on everyone's lips, like a lot of people saw that post, liked that post within, the, within their circle. So then we then ended up with other people that know them that I didn't know necessarily been interested in becoming a mentor with us and then sign up to become a mentor. And yeah, and that kind of just grew organically really. Okay, awesome. So obviously when things were fresh um, back in 2020, um, it was the topic that everyone was talking about at the time. I mean, yeah. how have you found um, the interest? Has it um, has it stayed consistent or have you seen, you know, like you said earlier, um, it's in the media for a little while and before, and we all want to create an impact at the time. But then as time moves on, um, slowly people um, move on to other issues uh, how have you found in terms of the recruitment process of mentors uh, is the interest um has it stayed consistent over time yeah really good question i think there's probably two sides to that as well um we've been quite lucky because of the way we just framed the mentorship we've um only onboarded people that we felt were really were really passionate and actually there's that network effect really you know if you have someone that's passionate about issue they know people within the circle that are just as passionate about the issue as well so because of the way we've created that, um, we've kind of had like a constant flow of like like-minded people being interested in our program. Um, you know, we would, before we launch a program, we would tag the mentors. When we finish a program, we would tag the mentors as well. So constantly there's that circle of, uh, of similar-minded mentors being interested um, in that program. The second part, I guess I'll say is yes, of, you know, the, the media interest has shifted um, on, on the topic. So as a result, you know, before, if you literally just said something around, you know, black talent or diversity, specifically around black people, like everyone wanted to like, you know, add that, you know, their, um, their contribution and conversation to it, and, you know, right, rightly so um, at the time. But as you probably imagine now, um, with, with everything happening and looking at it, you know, the um, what's happening around Ukraine at the moment and things around that. And rightly so to an extent as well, like, you know, there are, there feels like they're, they're other urgent matters and uh, that people's attention has shifted towards too, especially the media. But one thing that I was quite consistent in my mind was when I said no Black Valley, I wasn't going to be led by people's interest or people's attention. This is an issue I feel passionate about. About This is an issue I feel, I feel like is necessary to be addressed. So we're almost going to be self-sufficient in a way. We're going to 
create you know an, an, an ecosystem that regardless of the outside um, temperature, outside weather condition, we are all about that. We're focused on supporting black talent, whether it's popular to do so and whether it's unpopular to do so. I think actually because we were really so definitive of, of like that approach to things, we've just been consistent where we work with not just mentors, but partners that are aligned with that, you know, with that thinking and that, and that mission as well. Um, so whether, you know, yeah, that, they just want to work with us on that. Whether it's popular or not, they, they, they'll be on board today and hopefully in years to come as well. Okay, excellent. Uh, and in terms of um, the actual, um, you know, the, the initiatives that you run within Black Valley. So when I was doing my research, there's two. Okay, so as I mentioned to you earlier, I found, I found out about you guys through um, the Founders Programme that you do, the, the recent cohort that you guys announced. Um, so yeah, there's two um, sides to it, really, isn't there? There's the Founders Programme, which you know, supports early stage founders. And then there's the career accelerator. Can you tell me a little bit more about both? Yeah, sure. So I guess I, I could sh- sh- give a bit of context. Right? Like the founders program was like a learnings that we took from the career accelerator program, which led to like us launching that. And what I mean by that, when we started, we just had this one application where, where it was, if you're interested in working in tech and you are from the, uh, from the black um, African um, that um, background, you should apply for this program. You know, we had also rose up and we had people that were were founders um, by their rights and wanted to apply for the program. We had people that were more technical and people were more sales. Um, and then we start reiterating on our program delivery, um, which was essentially we met, match you up with a mentor over an eight week period and they support you through through our program outline. They will support you over that eight week period then we realized we need to be more definitive um, in terms of like how we support founders and how we support talent. Uh, founders need a different sort of focus than talent, right? Um, so we then evolve both programs and define it better. So to really simplify things, the founders program is about addressing an issue uh, within the UK tech ecosystem currently. Um, as you kind of mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, capital is not equally um, deployed um, to black founders in comparison to our white counterparts. Um, you know, um, up to 2020, there's a report by um, extended ventures that shows um, over, a de- over a decade of the 2020, there was only 30 black founders that's received um, funding. Um, in comparison to the ecosystem and people that receive funding, that's quite a low amount. Um, so we wanted to really address that issue. We believe there are great founders, that, black founders out there that deserve funding. Um, and we believe we have the the ecosystem um, that, we, that we could create to support them. So we've then created this program over an every period where we get black founders to be investor ready. Um, so it's almost like an investor readiness program. And the way we do that, I guess, is one, um, through what we call resources. Um, so uh, we are, we help founders by running workshop, weekly workshops um, based on different teams that could help their business become more um, investment ready or attractive for invested. Investors, sorry, I should say. Um, and then there's the paired mentor, again, sticking to our like um, our base of our program. There's a mentor that started a similar business to them or actually that's successfully raised um, funding before. We believe that's quite powerful as well. It's almost like, you know, you could show someone if you've been through that journey before. And actually, you know, if you're from a un- underserved um, background, is that lack of visibility within your network. You haven't seen someone that's actually been through the journey. So we thought that was a really powerful thing to incorporate um, into, our, into our program, really. And then we have another element where we have like industry experts um, speaking to the founder. So we recently had um, Vlad, the founder of Webflow, uh, who's like, you know, uh, raised uh, money and, you know, unicorn company is on right. 
today actually we've got um Tope from Calendly speaking to our founders as well. So you know, just them being surrounded by people that have not only done it, but you know, they're still doing it and they they've seen they, they, they can show how possible it is. Uh, for you to build, go from an idea to become a unicorn um, 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 in, in, in its entirety, really. So that was really important. So that was the that's the founders program. Now for the talent program, again, we realized um, by running that program that what tends to happen, a lot of people do, you know, um, coding bootcamp, they, they self-teach themselves, and they have a lot of expertise, but then they're still like lacking that, I guess, industry insight or the necessary transition needed to get land the first row or progress within the industry. So we designed a program around that as well that basically address that issue. So people typically come to us once they've done a coding bootcamp, once they've self-taught or in the early, early stage of their career. And then we pair them up with a mentor. So for example, if you're a UX UI designer, uh, we pair you up with an expert, um, you know, UX UI designer. So be a mentor with Black Valley, you have like two, three years plus experience. And over an every period, again, it'll be spoke with, the mentor will walk you through um, our program curriculum. And we also run workshops um, to help you accelerate that learning, really. Now, the really exciting thing now, we've got talent pool within our community and we've got founders within the community. And now, and now we're trying to experiment with, you know, founders within our community, getting experience from like the talent within our community. So a founder, as you realize, um, you've been through as well, getting good talents is probably one of the, especially at the early stage, when you sometimes you cannot afford um, what the market demand um, is, is one of the biggest challenge. Now we've got hungry talent that wants the experience, right? If we pair them up with the founders, they work on the project, hopefully this founder become unicorn. Uh, and that could be something great in the CV or even the founders could employ them more later on if the founder does reach the stage where they get investment as well. So now we're experimenting with that. So the ecosystem itself is starting to feed itself uh, really. That's amazing. So you basically are creating like a self-sustaining ecosystem in which every single person involved um, can support each other in one way or another. So the mentors uh, support the um, people in the founders program and also on the career accelerator. And then, um, you know, the people going through each of the respective programs can then pair up and um, uh, work together as well, potentially to move things forward, which is, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah, that's, a, that's, that's exactly it really. And what's exciting as well, like there's actually a lot of benefit from the mentors as well, because they're exposed to like expert within their field as well, um, because we, onboard the best mentors. So, you know, typically we get people from Google, Microsoft, Amazon, um, you know, that people at the top of their careers, you know, the head of this and VCs. And so they, this ecosystem has got pretty much whatever role um, within tech ecosystem you, th you could think of. And now what we find out is just as much as the mentees learning, the mentors are learning, right? Because some of the mentors will post questions as well to their peers um, to get support. So it's, it's quite powerful in that sense, really. Awesome. Um, so that brings me to the next question. So how has it been, um, to get support from um, businesses, VCs? Um, great question. I think it's probably a mixture as well um, to an extent. Um, and um, I will try and be as direct and careful as possible uh, with this comment. Uh, what I mean by that, I think organizations mean well um, in general. Like every organization that we've spoken to um, so far, Touchwood, I've been quite receptive um, they've been quite passionate about you know um, um, increasing diversity uh, within within their uh, the workforce um, but most of these big organizations are not as agile they're not they, they're not quick to act um, so they're you know um, so which means actually us working with them takes a while longer than we we'll probably we'll probably like um, as well um, I, I guess the other point as well is um, there is an aspect where yes they want to work with us and they want to um, you know solve a problem because we are trying to solve a problem not just for one particular tech company right we're just trying to address the issue 
across the tech ecosystem. Now, from an organization point of view, they have a lens on, which is how can I diversify talent within my company? So I think for me, figuring out how do I meet the organization's needs without losing oversight of what we're trying to create? Because if I'm being completely transparent, we could care less whether a particular organization is as diverse as possible um, or trying to become a recruitment company for them. We're not, we're not that. We're trying to change the ecosystem um, as a whole. But then you need to work directly with the company to make sure there's some sort of benefit for them working with you, which tends to be one, their recruitment plans or, you know, um, adding some sort of like conversations for them. So I think it's just more that pull and push really that we're learning better as an organization, knowing when to, one, what sort of organization I want to work with and how we work with them. And I haven't actually necessarily got the um, the blueprint yet, but that's something that we are working with. And we are working currently with some great organizations, actually, as you probably see on our site that we partner with uh, for a company of our size and of the years that we've been going for, we've managed to um, partner with some great organization. Um, for example, um, Launch with GS, Golden Sack is one of our partners for our funders program. So it's Wilson Sassini, Webflow. Uh, we've got Funders Factory as well. And these are you know, well-established organizations. So to be working with them um, as such an early stage company is good. And, and we're done and we're looking to form more meaningful partnership as well. Um, at the same time, we're careful to make sure whatever we're creating is Black Valley rather than like in the serving that organization's mission, really. Okay, cool. Yeah, that makes sense. How long have you been running the Founders Program for? And um, what's the um, onboarding recruitment process uh, for um, bringing companies, founders on for that? Yeah, sure. Um, so that's a good question. Uh, we, we ran a pilot program for the Founders Program July last year. Uh, again, um, so the first pilot was we had five people in the program. Um, so that was us trying to figure out actually is there a demand for this within the tech UK ecosystem. Um, and we support, I guess then actually we're still defining what sort of program it was. So actually one one thing that we did then that we've now reiterated on um, was around we're supporting people to go, create ideas. So actually people tend to come to us a bit early on back in that pilot program. So people that have maybe about two or three ideas, right? And wanted, and wanted them to be able to commit to one idea. So that's what that program focused on. We've now reiterated on that. So okay, actually, our, our impact on the ecosystem is more early stage. So we're, we, we can serve you better, not just if you're designing what, what ideas you've got, because eight weeks is quite a short period of time to incubate an idea. And especially as a small company, we don't necessarily have the resources to help you incubate. You need a lot more, you know, um, more resources to become an incubator, I feel. Um, so we now operate more as a pre-accelerator program. So where people come to us with a existing idea, with some sort of maybe product slash MVP that they're working with. And the best way we can then serve them is just accelerate that process in terms of how they improve, improve how they get feedback from customer, uh, make sure we amplify what they're doing um, to our audiences and beyond, and some of the corporate partners and investor community that we work with. And just to make sure then um, they are more knowledgeable as a result of being on a program um, through some of the content that we share with them. Uh, they're more better connected as well, not only to the, our internal ecosystem, which we spoke about, which currently, um, I think it's about 600 now, um, in terms of mentors, mentees, investors, and things like that, but actually to the outward, um, outward world as well. So we do a lot of like posts around the founders, you know, like highlighting what they do. And then we try and connect with founders with some of our VC at quite early on before the demo day. And then we finish on this demo day where um, we're making sure that as many people as possible uh, we'll see the founders and and the, and the ideas really. Um, and currently, that program now um, is ten people going through that program. So and we're going to be doing two of those a year. Um, it's it's going to be our model. So quite similar to a Y Combinator esque 
um, approach uh, where, you know, there's one program in the winter, there's one program in the summer, and we're looking to grow our program offering and grow as a brand uh, to understand that not only do we just support black founders, we actually were able to invest in black founders as well. So at some point raise a fund um, to support them as well. Okay, excellent. And in terms of um, the organization at the moment, where, where um, have you got the, um, have you got investment? Have you raised investment for Black Valley? Um, you know, who, who's backing Black Valley? Um, so we haven't raised investment and I guess I'm not sure whether we would necessarily go down the, the route of raising investment uh, more because our business model is not necessarily like we're not, we don't charge people to take part in our program. Um, so it's quite um, unpredictable when it comes to our, our market offering and uh, what we are we our predictive income. So our model currently is a sponsorship model. Uh, where we work with like a, a corporate partners to sponsor our program, and then we then re- re- reinvest back into our program delivery to make sure our beneficiary, uh, which is our community, get to take part in that program and for free. Okay, excellent. So you've actually you've just hired um, your first person. I was um, um, looking on social media the other day. Yes. Uh, I mean, and uh, how much of a sort of obviously it's a big milestone. But how much uh, of a big milestone is that for you? Um, you know, starting out in twenty twenty at this stage, having your first hire. Yeah, no, it's it's been. I think it's it's, it's a relief, really. Um, so running. I was going to say because, like, you, you, how how are you doing everything on your own? You know what I'm saying? Um, no, thank you. And, and you've probably been through this as a founder yourself as well. Like, when you are starting a company, you need to be like expert in every area, um, and which can leave you quite feeling quite stretched. I should say that um, we have a very supportive community within Black Valley. So even though it was me running the company by itself. And we had an amazing support community of mentors where I could rely on. For example, our website, you know, um, we, the community developed the website, right? You know, um, in terms of we have the resources for product managers to manage the, what, what the website looked like, for UX UI designer to design the website for us. Um, so things like that, we've been quite reliant on the community. So it wasn't necessarily me doing all of those work, right? And then we then had an amazing group of people that have been through our program and that just wanted to give back and they became volunteers uh, with us. And that has been really helpful at the early stage. Um, but now that we're growing rapidly as a brand and there's so much more, more much more that we want to do um, this year and the coming years, really, um, it was really important for us um, to have one person that is accountable, um, you know, to looking after the program that we deliver. Um, at the moment, there's things that we could do better. Um, our evaluation is something that I'm quite critical about. We don't really evaluate as well as we could in terms of like, you know, the people that have been through the program. Um, we, we commonly ask questions at the beginning and questions at the end. Um, I think we could do better and evaluate like what people want before they get, get coming to us and what people get out of the program after they leave us. The other thing that I think we could create better is this alumni community. Um, so, you know, um, um, that's something that we want to build on. We're, we're starting to grow a brand and the dream for Black Valley is, you know, similar to, you know, when, if you are on a train journey somewhere and you see next to someone and you ask them a question and they tell you they went to Oxford or they went to Cambridge or they've been, they've been on YC, there's almost an immediate level of the quality or, or, your, or perceived quality, I should say. And that's something that we want to create within Black Valley as well. And if you really do that, we need to really invest in our program delivery and how we measure uh, what good looks like. And, you know, um, having um, the new person come in, um, Jerusha, if I could say on this um, podcast, is really powerful for us because she would then focus on that journey from A to Z, really, whilst before it was me trying to focus on that journey, focus on the funders program, and then think strategically about the business of the company, which is quite a lot. And if I'm honest as well, like you drop a lot of balls, um, for me, it was the evaluation of the program, um, which we didn't really evaluate as effectively as we can. But now we could, have, you know, we could do that a lot better, really. Yeah, that sounds good, and it's good that you're sort of um, self-critical as well um, in trying to make uh, the improvements. 
to finish off, we'll, we'll, I ask like a rapid fire uh, round of just some quick questions to get some answers. But before I get into that, um, as we discussed, sort of black people within the tech ecosystem, very underrepresented. Um, now, do you think um, it's obviously it's due to the fact that um, uh, the support isn't there for black founders, but also do you, what, what, what role do you think the culture plays in um, perpetuating that? Because as a um, Pakistani um, Asian, um, we're sort of pushed down the line of more stable careers. Um, and how much has that factored in uh, to um, how much do you think that factors into uh, the number of black people looking to get into tech as opposed to going down the route of becoming lawyers, doctors, accountants? A really good question. And maybe to even, and there's probably multiple layers um, to answer the question. You know, there's that looking at, at it from a lens of a migrant as well, uh, which I'm, 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 uh, I'm a second generation a migrant from Nigeria. So as you probably imagine, there's a lot of expectations um, in terms of like what you do you can't just decide that, you know, you don't want to go to university or you want to start your own startup, as you said. So I guess it's, um, there's a, yeah, culture does play a role. Uh, I think we'll, we'll be in denial if we say if we say that really, in terms of there is maybe education that's needed of the of the, um, of the older generation about, you know, the economic opportunity that's in, uh, in starting the startup. Um, I think there's risk as well. And maybe there's, um, we're not afford that risk um, um, luxury, really. And I think um, I don't think that's necessarily culture. I think that's um, multiple socioeconomic factors that meant that maybe, again, not to generalize, but maybe an affluent white founder might, you know, be able to maybe um, work on the startup without raising money, you know, for a while, or you know, rely on. Um, like around from family and friends, you know, when my family and friends are still struggling to pay their bills, where am I going to be asking for them to come and invest in this idea, you know? So there's that that as well. So I think the simple answer to your question is cultural play a role, but there is the underlying tone of nuances as well um, around maybe socioeconomic factors that influences who could take that risk of, of being an entrepreneur. And I think maybe that's something that I'm really passionate about, right? You know, in terms of like, just making it making it as easy as possible for either risk, and I think there's no way you could um, uh, there's no way you could glamorize it as much as possible. That there is a risk you need to have a, a level of risk appetite. You want to go down this journey, and there's less certainty. But I think one thing that we want to be able to do easier is the, is the weather condition around that risk, uh, which means you know can we make it easier for anyone with the desire, with the ad work with the um you know the dream and, and and the idea to really realize and bring the idea to reality and i think we could control that weather condition so that it's not just more better weather condition if you're white and male that if you're white and female or if you're black and male or black and female whatever ethnic you, you fall under that you still experience the same weather condition that a white male might experience when it comes to starting a startup excellent and so in essentially um leveling that play, playing field a little bit right yeah pretty much and yes yeah, simply put leveling the playing field and i would say as well just making sure we put probably a piece around like especially you know if we look at it from the lens of a migrant generation um yeah just maybe internally there's probably like a conversation around 
making sure like we allow our kids or to have the freedom to really pursue their dream and rather than trying to push them down a route that we feel served us in that generation well i say us like my older generation served them in their generation and they feel like actually if you want to make something of yourself this is the route to go through and just you know make open up their mind they're at their better route and allowing kids to have the freedom to pursue that i mean Again, I digress a little bit, but there are kids nowadays that, you know, make TikTok videos and any more than a lawyer or a doctor would then. So why not encourage that creativity if that's what the kids are passionate about? And you see that in them quietly on. Definitely. Um, yeah, so quickly to wrap things up, actually, I was going to ask you a quick, uh, uh, like, four or five questions and then uh, just uh, give me some short um, answers of what you think. Um, so um, what are three qualities um, that you admire most in people? Honesty, passion, and resilience. Excellent. I'm actually um, in Yorkshire. So uh, we've got the Peak District uh, nearby. Um, so if you were to go on a long hike, um, who would uh, be the three people that you take with you? I'll say a controversial one. I've said this in the past, but I think I will take Boris Johnson um, because I feel like is a, is a very complicated character and it'd be good to, yeah, just have maybe an honest conversation on the hike with him um, at some point, really get the the man behind what we see or if there is someone else behind what we see, I think that'd be quite cool. Um, someone that I admire, still alive, again, um, it would be leadership from a leadership point of view. Um, Barack Obama uh, would be um, one of them. And then maybe someone a bit more fun, actually, um, an entrepreneur, um, I'll probably say Jay-Z, um, just in the mindset of like, you know, like having a music empire that's lasted decades and still been relevant and managing to grow an empire around it. Awesome. So Boris, Obama and Jay-Z, that is an <laughs> like, amazing trio to come back <laughs> with. That would be very interesting. Um, maybe you get Boris um, rapping with Jay-Z. Obama beatboxing. Um, so if I was to open your um, Spotify, uh, what's the most played song on there at the moment? Oh, that would be an Afrobeat. Um, so we'll go with Skid, um, Essence. Awesome. And um, the most recent podcast that you listen to? Oh, would be a fight um, between a leadership podcast um and i performance podcast so i'll probably go i performance would probably the yeah the, the one um and what's that what what's one book that you'd recommend um someone to read um any, any book it can be any book that's uh, be, had a very big impact in uh, your journey um and in your uh, life can we do two books or you have to do one no you can do two books okay the business book is is called From Good to Great. I can't remember the name of the author, but essentially, um, I think it just breaks down the different companies and what makes them great and what, what makes them successful. And one thing that's always stayed with me um, about that book was the line about the book about getting the right people on the bus uh, for, for your business. And I think that's something that I really live by, really. So when it comes to Black Valley, you know, we have a lot of people that apply to be mentors, a lot of people that want to come on our program or a lot of partners that are interested in working with, with us. 
uh, we would rather take our time to get back to people um, and make sure we got the right people on. It just makes so it makes easier moving along our, our mission really, as long as the right people um, are on on the bus um, really. And then the second book, um, it's the richest man in Babylon. Um, so that is a great book, and the reason that book is good actually, um, it's about finance lessons, like and it tells it from a story point of view. Uh, I recommend that book. I've read that book probably, yeah, every. Every year I read a book. If I'm going to learn somewhere, I read a book. Um, like it's transformed my life, and and in terms of just really, it goes back to what we're saying about um, weather conditions. And I think what that book really teaches you is those principles around managing money, um, and it, it simplifies that process really. And I think it's a book that is relevant whether you're thinking about your personal finance or your, your or your business really. Excellent. Um, finish this sentence for me. Um, Black Valley will become. a major player when it comes to accelerating tech startups um, and supporting black talent. Awesome. Um, just finish off. Um, if people want to get involved, um, get in touch with you directly, uh, how can they do so? Yeah, sure. You could drop us an email at info at blackvalley.co.uk and we'll get back to you or visit our website, um, www.blackvalley.co.uk. Um, there's loads of information about the programs we run or you could get in touch and join one of our events we're also on socials so linkedin we're quite active um it's just called black valley on linkedin on instagram and twitter um it's called black valley hq um give us a follow awesome and if um any uh, investors and in is listening to this uh when's your um next um demo day great question our next demo day is on april 22nd and it will be in london um is invite only um, but if you're interested, um, drop us a message again at info at Black Valley and we'll um, try and get you there. Awesome. Well, yeah, thanks for joining us today, Lucky. Um, awesome, awesome discussion. And uh, I look forward to following Black Valley and see what you guys do going forward. All the best. Thank you, Jazz. Um, yeah, thank you for having me. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you learned and were able to take something away from this episode. Just a quick heads up, this podcast was recorded a short while back, so the April demo day we mentioned has taken place. However, if you're keen to learn more about the startups from this cohort, or looking to get more involved in Black Valley, follow the links I've included to their socials and website to find out more. And if you did enjoy this edition, stay tuned. We'll be dropping a new episode every Wednesday with more amazing guests and insightful discussions. Follow us on Spotify and Apple Music to get notified when the next episode drops. And in the meanwhile, if you have any guest recommendations, topic ideas or feedback, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn or Twitter. And finally, if you want to stay updated on the latest news, moves and deals taking place in Europe's early stage tech ecosystem, subscribe to our weekly newsletter on Substack. I've added the links to all of the above in the description.